All right, we're back. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to the Drew Marshall Show. We're now into the last hour. Some of you are simply saying, Amen! Get them off the air. Tired of hearing all this nonsense. Can't believe it's season 14. Uh, And nor can many of you. (laughs) You guys thought I was going to be gone a long time ago. Sorry. Sorry about that. Hey, after the show today, I'm heading out to somewhere near Paris, Ontario. And I'll be speaking at a thing called Pitch and Praise. Never thought in a million years I would be speaking at something called Pitch and Praise. I guess they pitch their tents and praise God. Uh, Apparently there's about 1,500 people that will be sitting in a tent waiting for me to deliver some great wisdom. (laughs) So that'll be fun. My fly will probably be open and it'll be embarrassing moment number six. Have, you, have I ever shared any of my embarrassing moments on the show, girls? Do you remember any? Any? No? Really? None? Okay. I ain't sharing them now, that's for sure. All right, uh, I want to tell you about our next guest briefly here. Uh, first of all, well, not even briefly, but I've got to get her to participate in, in her, the reading of her bio because there's some names I want to make sure I'm pronouncing correctly. Okay. Eri Inazato. You got it right. Eri. Yes. Eri? Eri. Eri Inazato. She is the Deputy Minister of Happy Science Toronto. Now, first thing. Yes. The words happy and science mm-hmm. are kind of weird going together. It's cute sounding. Right? Yeah. Yes. Because yes. most... Initially, before it was called the Institute for Research in Human Happiness, but it was Oh, that hospital. sucks. No, so that's horrible. Master Oka, who is the founder of this organization, said, I mean this to be something for everyone, every single like all 70 billion people, 7 billion people in the world. So he made it simple. Happy science. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, I mean, look, people, we're, we're all, most of us want to be happy. So we get that part. Now explain to me how science is going to help us be happy. What is the science of, is it about the science of happiness? Is that really what we're talking about? Um, yes. Uh, science. Here we mean the scientific approach based on reason and logic. Um, because Master Diho Okawa, he actually is in constant communication with the spirit world. He has been so, been doing so since he was 24 years old, which is now 30, um, 37, 8 years ago now. And he's realized that even the spirit world, which is the invisible, kind of like just magical uh, world of phenomena, supernatural phenomena, is also based on logic and reason. It's called the law of cause and effect. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to read uh, something here. Happy sure. Science. Um Let's see, 1988, at the age of 32, two years after founding the religion Happy Science and rising to prominence, global visionary and renowned spiritual leader and best-selling author, Master Akawa, I'm mm-hmm. going to keep calling him that because I'm horrible with his first name. That's okay. Pu- published the, the only one. Okay. Published the first Japanese edition of a book under the title, The Philosophy of Modern Success, the Bible of the Elite Business Person. Hmm. Who said that? Uh, that's what I'm reading right here. Okay. On your, on, is that right. not true? Not true? No, sure. Okay. It's for everyone, actually, though. Okay. And in 2004, in Japan, the book was renamed The Laws of Success and has been an international bestseller. Um, but I guess when it comes to... Let's talk about the book in a second, and let's kind of hunker down into the belief mm-hmm. system of... Okay. of uh, Oh, this sounds condescending, right. but your group, your people, the the organization, organization. What is it called? What is the? It's a religion, actually. It is a religion. Yes, okay, that's all right. right. It's a faith. Okay, it's a belief. So the religion. Uh, by the way, I've also mm-hmm. heard that 
new religions、mm-hmm. are popping up more in Japan than anywhere else. What do you、oh, know about that? that?、Right? Have you heard of that? No. Okay. Um, Maybe it's not true. I mean, people come up with these kind of numbers and stats all the time.、But. I don't know enough about the new religions in different countries around the world to、yeah. be able to say yes or no to that. Right.、Um, it is true that after World War II,、um, Shintoism, which was the ethnic Japanese religion, was kind of receded, and people were left without a faith. Um, and so, to kind of like fill in, fill in the those void, gaps and the voids, a、yeah. lot of different religions did pop up.、Yeah. And there were some、um, negative ones as well. So, I want to know why、mm-hmm. you got into this. Okay, well, it is kind of simple.、Um, my mother it, was very devout because she, was, she grew up kind of sickly, and her mother、um, looked into a lot of Buddhist religions. They were originally Shinto. Um, to find something to help my mother. And they did. And my mother you know, became very devout. And so she D- was. Devout Buddhist? Devout Buddhist.、Okay. Devout Buddhist slash Shinto.、Okay. She, was that, she was that way、um, as I was growing up. And then when we were living in the United States, she found happy signs through a friend. And then suddenly it was all about happy signs. So I grew up in it.、Um, but growing up in the secular education in the United States, you kind of. Develop a tendency to want to distance yourself from any organized religion. So that was my thinking until、um, high school when、um, I came to a point where I needed some guidance. And, Why? Well, I was.、Um, I had very low self esteem. I did not have a very positive view of myself. My mother was a beautiful person. I, on the other hand, felt that I was not very. Pretty.、Um, okay. Girls, I'm going to ask the girls in the corner this question. Girls, why is it that pretty girls always say that? What? No, I don't think that's an answer. I mean, like, I know. Pretty? I, I s- we all go through. Everyone kind of feels. It's、yeah. very subjective. Do、okay. you guys not ever not feel pretty? No, I, I feel pretty and pretty. No, sorry. Anyway, sorry, I interrupt. That was my、yeah. weird way of saying, really? You thought that? Okay, go ahead. Yes, I did. And I carried it through from actually kindergarten. I remember. Um, my mom said to me that I came home from kindergarten one day and said, Mom, I can't make any friends. And she was like, What is she talking about? What is this girl talking about?、Um, but that was how I was feeling. So I was very introverted and I really felt that I was not good at making friends. High school is when you, you know, want to have the most fun in your life. And that's when I came across the teachings that love is something you give, it's not something that you receive.、Um, I found that I was wanting other people, other people to be the ones to reach out to me and say, hey, why don't we go out? Or, hey, let's do this together. I was on the waiting end. I was wanting to receive love. And then I realized that what I needed to do was be the one to reach out and give love because love comes to the, the Comes to those who give love.、Mm-hmm. Also, I was struggling with jealousy. I was,、um, one of my strengths was in art, and that was something that was maybe the sole thing that I could feel confident about. But come high school, you know, I was going to a school of 3,000 kids. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of other talented students. So I was feeling that.、Um, and then I came across another teaching、uh, that says that jealousy, you feel only to those people who actually embody your ideal. So instead of pushing them away from you, embrace them.、Um, understand what makes them so great and try to emulate them. Celebrate them. Don't be jealous. Replace that jealousy, that emotion with 
that emotion of wanting to celebrate that person. Right, right. So to summarize, what I heard、mm-hmm. you say was, through my younger years,、mm-hmm. I grew up with some serious insecurities, and that affected my identity. And then I found out about、um, the about happy signs. And, and is that? I mean, that's a kind of a crash, shortened version. That's but that's how I started reading the books. Okay. And then I went into. I discovered the world view of happy science, and、right. then nine eleven happened. Actually, huh?、Um, I was in Chicago at the time, and so we were hearing, you know, the principal on the PA system talking about this emergency, and you know. Uh, subsequently, people will be talking about why would something like this happen, and、um, at that time, I was starting to read the books of Happy Science. So I was understanding that while the Western world is heading towards a direction where、um, faith, the different faiths that we all have, whether it be Islam, Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, can coexist as long as people keep it in the private realm. As long as we don't bring it into the public realm and try to force our faith onto others, because we feel that that's the one dominant truth and belief.、Mm. Um, however, on the other hand, are people who are called fundamentalists who believe that their faith、um, is important, you know, more than anything else, and so they have to share it with others. And if other people believe in something else, they have to、um, impart their faith, their true faith. To others, and so this was creating a tension, a conflict, and I felt that,、um, you know, say, Muslims believing that their、uh, God is the one and only God,、um, and then Christians believing that their God is the one and only God, could not coexist truly for a true believer if、um, the, I guess. The right way of thinking about it is to keep this faith within themselves, and for everyone to live in parallel worlds. Well, the worldview that Happy Science presented was that actually, all the great founders of these world religions, all the gods, the lowercase gods as well of even the pagan religion, pagan religions of.、Um, And of all the ethnic religions, they all exist. They were sent from the one Creator God in order to guide humanity during different eras and different regions. And this worldview was, felt so cohesive and so all-embracing. I was like, "Wow! If only everyone could embrace this, we could all truly, truly love each other." Okay, so you grew up as a young person having a tough time feeling loved, and then you found this、uh, this religion. That、uh, kind of fit into your your、uh, thinking that、um, if we could just love each other, all of us love each other, then a I'll feel better and accepted, <laughs> and b I can kind of join, I can get on board with that, and we can all just you know kumbaya our, our way through life. Well, it progressed、uh, further than that.、Um, what the fact that. Every person, regardless of their nationality, ethnicity, or faith,、um, comes from one source. Means that everyone is a child of God. That means that you could say there's a diamond within every single one of us, and we can shine that out. Loving ourselves is to be able to see the diamond within ourselves, and each of us is unique.、Um, and to love others is to love the diamond within others. 
Got it. Within them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. In every world religion, mm-hmm. there are certain categories that all uh, talk about and all have ideas on. And I want a, a, you to answer as you know as concisely as possible. Okay. I mean, it's hard because right. it's radio. Yeah. You know, we're not sitting here having a coffee Am for I, four hours. Are my answers too long so far? No, it's great. I'm okay. intrigued. I mean, my problem is I get stuck in listening and I forget I'm on a radio show. So, <laughs> um, your your religion. What do you worship? Okay, so we worship. We recognize and acknowledge and respect and love all the gods and great figures in history of every faith and tradition and culture. But we believe that they all come from one source, and that one source um, is known by different names, um, by different religions. Um, But we call that being uh, El Cantare. El Cantare means the beautiful land of light. Right. How did Spanish get into this? I don't know if it's Spanish. We, yeah, you know, we uh, tell Spanish-speaking people about El Cantar, and they're like, the singer? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, actually, El is the same El from Elohim right. that you might find yeah. in the Bible. And El is also found in, like, uh, Archangel Gabriel, Mike, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. So it means light. El means light. So you... Your religion worships El Cantari. Yes, that's right. And um, and El Cantari is sort of the overall. Uh, would you say El Cantari is is a god? Uh, y- yes. You yes, creator. That. Yes. Um, no. So, e- I guess you could say that. Too. Okay. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and all religions are equal. Well, all religions. Um, Kind of. Because is there not a unique? Is there not a level, like levels five and six and seven (laughs) and stuff like that? Is that not true? There are sort of levels in 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 this as far as where where different. uh, For example, let's you know people usually go well. There's Buddha, there's Jesus, and there's Mm -hmm. Muhammad, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And um, they've all reached certain certain levels. But from what I understand of something Mm -hmm. that I've read, and I need Mm -hmm. to clear this up for me. Muhammad didn't quite reach the same level as Jesus or Buddha. Well, I want to avoid talking about who's better, who's lower. Well, it's not my, but I didn't make the system. You guys have a have a numbered uh, well, we need level to thing, kind of you know? change the way we see things a okay. little bit. It's kind of like trying to say is science better than math, or or biology better than math, or is um, uh, art better than literature? You know. Uh, Christianity emphasizes uh, the aspect, God's aspect of love a lot. Right. Um, Buddhism emphasizes the aspect of uh, each individual having the ability to, or the potential to attain enlightenment and to grow, grow closer to God. So there um, different religions. They all touch upon the truth, but as a result of the, uh, I guess, the characteristics of the f- the person who uh, founded it upon this earth, it emphasizes different aspects of God. God is like this vast, vast entity that you know, no single person can truly be able to um, bring down all of God okay. to this world. All right. Let's jump to the category that people are sure. really interested in. Sure. Basically, whenever people sign up for religion, they want to know what they can get away with. 
Okay. Right? It's like, what are the rules? What can I do? What can I Can I have sex before marriage or not? Right? A lot of things come down to, mm-hmm. do you guys have mm-hmm. rules about sex in your religion? No, because um, what we talk about is, it's not about, so yes, previous religions have commands, commandments um, to kind of simplify, okay, what is encouraged, what is prohibited, and if you generally follow these rules, then after you die, you won't uh, be in a fix. You won't accidentally discover yourself in hell or, you know, I whatever. hate when that happens. <laughs> Wake up one morning, oh, man, I'm in hell. But you know what? Uh, we're living in an age where a lot of people read a lot. They're, you know, digesting and consuming a lot of information. They're capable of understanding more than just Ten Commandments. Yeah. So we go deeper than that. Master Duho Okawa, that's why he writes. Say his name again. Say his name again. Duho Okawa. That's how it's Duho Okawa. Duho Okawa. You have Okawa. it right. Yes, thank you. <sighs> Master Okawa, he's written over 2,000 books because... Um, the truth is, again, vast, and how people understand it is, again, um, unique to them. That's why he wants to create different gateways for people to find the truth. And one of the things he talks about is the laws of the mind. So we, while we're living in this world, have a physical body, but... and. While we're in this physical body, it's very difficult for us to see what we're thinking inside, right? You can't tell what I'm thinking inside. I can't tell what you're thinking inside. But once we, di- once we die, it's all going to be out in the open. It's like there's no shell and right. um, hiding our thinking inside. Um, so the important thing is um, to look at what you're thinking inside. And we all have a conscious. We all know, you know, what thoughts are good, what thoughts are bad. You know, that's what Master Oka focuses on. Well, except except uh, our definitions of good and bad Thank you. differ. Yes. yes, that's right. For example, for a pedophile, a pedophile thinks that um, having sex with kids is fine. There's no conviction there whatsoever for them. Well, one easy way to understand what is uh, right and wrong, yep. I guess, is to think uh, in terms of selfless or selfish. So one thing that we need to try to realize, even though we are you know, in this physical body and we feel separate from each other, is that although when you're in this physical body, you feel that you need to satisfy your desires. And that creates a tendency to put yourself before others, right? right? right. If you have a desire for lust, for sex, you know, if you're thinking that you're you and others who cares what they are or who they are or right. whether they're a child of God or not, then to satisfy your lust, You'll use people. Right. So do what you want as long as it doesn't hurt others. Am I hearing that? No, no. So you need to um, understand that happiness does not come from um, trying to satisfy your own desires. Right. Because these desires are only temporary things that you have when you're residing in a physical body. As with a physical body, you have, you know, eyes or you have sight, the five senses, sight, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. And these create desires, desires for food, desires for sleep. But in the other world, well, you don't need to eat. You don't need to sleep. 
you know, after you die, you don't need to fulfill all these desires because you don't have a physical body anymore. And then you realize that you want to restore that carefree state of mind that you once had in heaven, even though you are still living here on earth. And you want to be free of these desires that the physical body has because they are causing you to, you know, feel selfish and put yourself first before others. Okay. Um, as soon as, this is going to be a weird question, but sure. um, Ari, as soon as you die, okay, where do you go? What happens? So, According um, to your religion, what happens? This is really important. Um, you said that your show is about um, understanding what people believe. Yeah. Well, we believe that everyone should know that they are a spiritual being only temporarily residing in a physical body because after everyone dies, they're going to realize that death is not the end. They're going to continue to exist, continue to feel, think. And so a lot of people, uh, if they're not prepared, if they don't realize that life continues, that the soul has eternal life, uh, will be in shock because... They won't know that they're, they've died right. because they're still thinking, they're still feeling. Um, they think, they'll think that they're still alive and they'll continue to be attached to their physical body, to their physical existence. Okay, so I grew up in the funeral life. business. I know the body is a piece of meat. I put many into the ground and I've embalmed them. After we take care of your body at the funeral, will it go to the ground? Do you want cremation? Is it burial? What do you, is there, do you have any, uh, in your religion, do you have any rules about that sort of thing? Um... We're okay with following the culture that people are uh, comfortable with. Okay, all right. Um, however, uh, we do believe that you know if you do if you can try to create like a grave for yourself, well then other people can come and you know pay respects at the grave, and uh, that can be a place for you to communicate. Are you going to go into a grave? Um, probably. Okay, so now you're... <laughs> and then what happens after death yeah, is your young. question, right? Yes. Sorry, I didn't get to that. That's right. Um, so what happens uh, is that you won't have your physical body anymore. Your guardian spirit will come to guide you back to the other world. Okay. If you're struggling to understand what's happened, your guardian spirit will be there to help you. So, or if you're a Christian, angels will come. If you're Buddhist, bodhisattvas will come and guide you. Okay. Then you'll get to a point where um, you begin, you'll have some time to say your goodbyes to the people here on earth. After um, you're dead? Yes, after you're dead. How do you do right. that? Do you, do you like you visit them or premonitions or dreams or whatever and that sort mm -hmm. of thing? Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. Okay, yes. so you have a little uh, you sneak into some people's lives that you want to say <laughs> goodbye to into their dreams, freaking them out. And then, and then right. your, your, your um, travel partners, depending on whatever faith tribe you're a part mm -hmm. of, mm -hmm. uh, take you along to, you said another, uh, somewhere else? Yes, to the other world. And there... Is that a planet or a... Uh, no, no, this is... You know, traditional religions uh, have called it heaven. Right. It's the invisible world, the world of angels, the world of God, the world of the spirit. And there, uh, we actually review our life. It's almost like sitting down in a theater and watching your entire life. And then it is you to judge whether you could have done better, um, whether you need to go somewhere and reflect on some of the ways of thinking that you have developed during this lifetime. It's 
that's you. So you go somewhere, watch some home movies, have a good look at <laughs> how you did life, mm-hmm. uh, feel good about some stuff, and maybe not so good about other things. And then mm-hmm. you either maybe go somewhere and chill and reflect on things. But mm-hmm. is there is there an ultimately an eternal destination? Yes, there is. So. Heaven is a huge world. It is divided horizontally, vertically. You have like the Muslim heaven, you have the Christian heaven, Buddhist heaven. You basically go to a world that um, is in accordance, I guess, your level of, in Buddhist terms, enlightenment or um, your, I guess, how much you were able to grow as a soul determines where you return to in the other world. What if you're a complete dirtbag? Is this a reincarnation thing where you come back as a cockroach? So if you're a dirtbag and most most likely you are unaware that you are a dirtbag, so you will go to a place where you have to say until you realize that you've been a dirtbag, you realize why and then you repent. That's when you can finally return to heaven. And that place where you have to stay until you realize that you've been a dirtbag is probably going to be inhabited by other people who also ended up living like a dirtbag. And they're there to see other dirtbags and get an objective view of themselves. Be like, I've been acting like this dirtbag? Right. Oh my goodness, this is horrible. And this is not who I really am. Why did I get to be this way? And I must have caused so much pain and suffering to a lot of people. I need to repent on all of this. Is there is and by the way, sorry, I'll just let our listeners know because I Mm -hmm. keep forgetting we have listeners. (laughs) We are in the studio with uh, Ari Inazato. She is a deputy minister at Happy Science Toronto. Happy Science is a religion. And um, this kind of came down to us from Master Okawa. And this was uh, this was a. Gen- We're going to talk about him in, in just a sec. Look, the reason I I said this earlier in the show, the reason I get into this sort of thing uh, that I have people from different faiths on the show is because I believe in primary source material. I don't want to go out and read a book that a Christian wrote about happy scientists. I want to read. I want to hear what a happy scientist has to say about. Oh wait, did I use the right yeah. term? Are you happy scientists? Um, I don't know. You don't know. You got to know your terms. <laughs> We've only been around for thirty years. All We're right, still figuring okay. things out. All right, now. I like that. That's a good. I wish Christians could have that excuse. <laughs> sorry, we've only been around twenty years. I'm sorry, we're judgmental jerks. Please don't take this the wrong way. That's but all right. every tribe has mm-hmm. a trail of money that that goes somewhere. Do you take offerings? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, first of all, yes, do you have services? Course. You have yes. meetings. Yes. Do you take offerings up? Yes. Of okay. Where does that money go? That money goes to publish our books to build our temples and churches, to uh, keep the organization running so that it can continue to exist 100 years later, hopefully 1,000 years, 3,000 years later, to continue to provide salvation to people. So when Christians pass the plate around at mm-hmm. church, mm-hmm. Um, it pays for the preacher, his mm-hmm. house, mm-hmm. is paying his bills, mm-hmm. it pays for their building, their church. Um, they also do um, uh, charitable work and try to help people that are down and out. Um, but it doesn't go to Jesus. Mm. It doesn't go to the to the um, to uh, now in the Pope's case in the Catholic ca- Catholics case. It does sort of go to the top dog. I think I just called the Pope a dog. Sorry, um, it, it, right? But in in the evangelical in the Christian scene, there's not one sort of person at the top. In your religion, there is a person at the top. Yes. Does that does does Master Kawa get get money from from this organization from your religion? 
Does he get paid? Well, it's more like he gives money to the organization because he's the one publishing or writing all of these books. Right. Our organization would not have come into existence without his constant work, which he continues even to this day. So, so the sales of the books um, fund the religion. Yes, it does as well. As yes. well. Mm-hmm. So that's similar. Now, you're not going to like this comparison, but that's similar to Scientology. You know, but a lot of um, religious organizations, like you said, that uh, in Christianity, the donations um, also go to pay for, you know, the pastors and their housing. Yeah. It's the same in happy science as well. And that's a part of, you know, it's so one th- another thing that Yuho Okawa, Master Okawa does is he changes the way people look at money. Um Money, I understand, it feels very dirty, and it's created a lot of corruption, and I understand that there's a lot of issues um, with it in uh, some religions today. Sure. I think it's one of the main issues mm-hmm. because people can do the math really quickly. Mm-hmm. They see people mm-hmm. who are starving to death because they don't have enough, and then they see leaders of religions living in fancy places. Mm-hmm. It's easy math. Mm-hmm. I don't care mm-hmm. what religion it is, it's mm-hmm. easy math. Mm-hmm. That math doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So I think a, I an, out, an outsider would want to go, mm-hmm. well, how is how is your master living? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I understand. But um, see, I think some people who have tried to help homeless people will understand that, um, you know, have gone through the experience of giving them all the help, buying them a cell phone so that they can communicate with their employer, finding them a job, and that homeless person just saying he doesn't want to take orders from anyone and leaving all of that. Um, The principle of success and wealth is actually universal, and anyone can actually um, create prosperity. It's just almost like training for us because some people, you know, it takes a little discipline um, to get paid means that you need to offer something of value to somebody else and to create something of value. There's a lot of competition, so it's not easy. However, money is just the end result of gratitude. Money goes to people who have created services or products that other people are grateful to have. That's why they're willing to give up their money to receive those services and um, products, right? Yeah, I get that. We are discovering the ins and outs of a... uh of a new religion uh, that sort of kind of hit the, the scene in Japan originally. Is that true? That's, That's kind of right. where it all went down? Yes. And, uh, and I love finding out about um, religions, but I want to find out from people that are from the religion, not somebody else who writes about the religion. So in the studio is the Deputy Minister at uh, Happy Science Toronto, uh, Eri Inazato. And uh, we're chatting about Master Okawa who uh, started this religion back in 1986. What's the downside of being part of a new religion? Part of a new religion. Downside. Mm, Well, you have a huge task before you. (laughs) Um, It feels like trying to uh, bore a tunnel through a mountain. Yeah. Um, and you want to step away from it. You know, you f- feel like, oh, you know, if only I didn't encounter this, I would be able to just worry about getting married and 
So thinking about where to live, where to raise my kids. Um, but then after you allow yourself to think about that for a little while, you come back and say, but no, you know, this is an incredible thing to be able to be a part of. So. Well, these days, people are sort of poo-pooing the old religions, right? It's like, mm. oh, why do I want to be a Christian? They, you know, they oppressed them, they did them, the history and the, the crusades and the world wars. And Why do I want to be a Jew or why do I want to be a Muslim? I'm Muslim now. i got to wear this. i got to do that, you know. And, and people are, are sort of saying, I, you know, I just I take a little bit of every religion and I just kind of cook it. So the, the old ways seem to be looked down upon. Mm. So you'd think mm. it would be easier with a new religion for you guys to sell yourself true i mean you talk about it like it was boring into a mountain but you know in this postmodern society that we live in where Mm -hmm. old is almost laughed at the old ways Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i I don't know yeah um perhaps you experience this too because what we're doing is something um that's actually not entirely new we're trying to help people um, discover and find God, right? right? And discover who they really are, discover their purpose and meaning um, in this life. And I'm sure you've, you know, um, you do that too, probably. So the struggles are the same. When you do something bad, mm-hmm. I love this question. <laughs> when you do something bad, how do you feel? Being part of your religion, mm-hmm. how do you mm-hmm. feel? What's the process that goes through your brain? I think to myself, I'm doing this again. Because if it's uh, something that I can correct once I've done it and understand, you know, feel the remorse and the regret and see the pain on the other person's face, if it's something that, you know, once was enough for me to never do it again, that's great. But... If it's something that I find myself repeating over and over again, it's, it's, um, what's the word for it? Just frustrating, I can imagine. Thank you, yes. Frustrating, and then you wonder, am I ever going to be able to stop doing this? Do you, every time I start a sentence saying, do you, it sounds like, do you know the Muffin Man? Um, do you, Wait, have you already met Master Oko? Have you met the top guy? I have had the privilege of um, attending many of his lectures. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you meet him? Um, he does a lot of lectures, so by attending those, yes. It's, um, what's, what He sort of hangs around afterwards? and like, Unfortunately, no. He's uh, very spiritual, um, so he doesn't need to meet you to know who you are and to understand what you're going through. He can see through see through you. He can see your past lives. He can see your future as well. Past, present, and future. He can see all of that. See, I know. I kind of contra... I don't think I... I wasn't thinking about this at all, so this is not a setup, but I do that comparison thing, and I think, okay, well... You know, Jesus kind of said uh, they were that people were trying to get the kids to go visit Jesus, hmm. and um, and some of the uh, wise elders in the group said, "No, nah, keep your kids away. It's Jesus. Come on, he's he's busy. He's got things to do instead of hanging around with the kids." Jesus told them to stop that. He said, "Bring the kids." So Jesus tried to make himself very accessible. Mm-hmm. So when somebody 
has a circle of space around them all the time, and they make themselves inaccessible. Can you understand how someone might look at that and go, what's that about? I understand. Um, so Master Okawa was very present and approachable in the early years of the organization, but the organization has grown to be 12 million members all over the world. Right. And so when he makes a promise um, to someone, he has to keep it. And he feels that um, more than what he can do to someone one-on-one, he feels that he can do more by using that time and energy to uh, give lectures to audiences of 15,000, you know. So he's being a good steward of his time by saying, look, we want to reach more people than the way to do that is not one-on-one. It's by speaking to a lot. But... He understands the importance of face-to-face, right. you know, communication. So he, that's why he's trying to train his disciples, you know, the pastors and yeah. the ministers and priests to be able to do that on his behalf. Does he have a family or a wife or children? He does, or? yes. He yeah. has uh, a wife. He was divorced once, and he has uh, one, two, three, four, five children. Right. Five right. children. Right. And yes. what? where are they all at? Are they part of the, the, uh, the religion? The eldest is 28, yes. The youngest is um, 19 or 20. And they are all, yes, a part of the religion and right. doing speaking publicly, writing books, um, screenwriting. Uh, one is involved, has already been involved in two movie production okay. projects, yes. Um. I'm sorry, but my my brain just keeps going back to bad stuff, right? Sure, so go ahead. It's just how I'm wired. That's great because um, I think I ended uh, the question, uh, what do you do when you do something bad, yeah. with, oh, I wonder if I'm going to continue doing, you know, com- repeating this negative yeah. pattern again. Well, I need to continue my explanation of what Please. I do, which is, so as I said, uh, the the reason why there's science in the word happy science is because everything can be logical. There's always a cause to every result. And so you're not um, out of control you know, when it comes to your emotions and your actions and your words. There's always a cause, a reason why you're saying the words you say, that you're doing the things you do. You can find the cause inside of you. So that's why we place importance on something called self-reflection, taking the time to look inside of yourselves and see why you're doing it. And there's always a reason behind that. It might have been an experience in your past. Um, And this self-inner exploration eventually will lead you to God to find forgiveness or to find the power to overcome your weakness and, you know, stop doing bad and doing good. Right. Well, that so makes that's sense. Process. We're talking about balance uh, throughout all of that as well, right? So, okay, let, let's talk about this book here for a second, sure. which is sitting beside me, The mm-hmm. Laws of Success mm-hmm. by Master Okawa. Um, how do you define success? Well, success, I understand that a lot of people relate it to, um, what do you call it, you know, maybe accumulating wealth or being promoted in your company, right? Or being envied by others, living a life that is so attractive that others envy you. Well, Master Okawa says that a successful life is one that is unique to you, that is um, original in that way. You 
it's also accompanied by sheer joy because you find so much meaning in doing it. And also, you are um, contributing something that's almost everlasting to society, to the world, through your life. That is an attractive life. That is a successful life. And he wants people to think about what is success to them from by looking back at their life from the point when they're going to leave this life. Try to think, what are they not going to regret right. when they're about to leave this world? And think of success. Um, are you successful? Point. No, not at all. <laughs> I'm trying to get there, though, so that I can you know, maybe share any tips right. and hints to others. Is Master Kawa successful? Very much so, I believe, yes. Because in 30 years, he's created a religion um, that is loved by people over 100 countries. Uh, he's created two junior and senior high schools, a university, a political party in the, Japan, um, which people from other countries are also wanting to establish in their own countries. And... Um, published 2,000 books, and he says, like, um, he remembers his past life when he died from eating uh, poison mushrooms. hate and when in, that happens. <laughs> in this lifetime, he was talking about how whenever mushroom appears in his meal, he'll look at it and think, I am going into nirvana, or, you know, perhaps I'm going to die tonight after I eat this mushroom. And then he takes the time to reflect, am I going to regret anything if I die today. And he makes sure that every day he lives it to the fullest. He does everything he thinks he needs to do to like try to reveal the teachings as much as possible so that later generations are not going to feel confused right. or lost. Right. Um, so he lives his life like that every day. If you and I hung out and became friends and you actually gave would a rip. Would you like to? No, I, I don't want to hang out with people. I don't <laughs> like people. No. Uh, what, what I'm trying to get at is eventually, you know, you would want to, you would want me to become part of your religion, not because it's a sales job, but because you cared about me, right? Absolutely. So to, you get to this point where you care about me enough and you want to say to me, dude, you, you've got to join, join our religion, be, be, be a follower here and, and, and sign up and come to our meetings or whatever, blah, 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 right? Um, so I want you to, I want you to do that right now. Okay. Let's, let's mm -hmm. pretend we're on a flight to New York and we may never see each other again. Mm -hmm. And you want me to become a member of happy science. You got two minutes. What do you say to me? Well, I would say all of us has a yearning to understand the greater picture, to understand the truth. Well, this is the moment, you know, humanity has existed on this planet for a very long time, but you know, this is unprecedented, the level and amount of truth being revealed to us and presented to us in the form of books so that in our own time, we can look at it at our own pace and, you know, feel for ourselves if it resonates with us. And I will guarantee that it will resonate with your soul and that you will know that this is what you were born to discover and to be able to live and to share. And because this is what the world has been waiting for. If more people can dis create happiness within themselves through these teachings, they can share it. And that is how a better world is formed. It's not by like some totalitarian um, 
what do you call it, dogma or directive. It's by each person genuinely, truly feeling happy. What if you're wrong? You know, I've thought about that before I joined this happy science religion. Um, right after well, hold on. You, you, I university. Mean, I was going to say you kind of grew up with it, did you not? Well, but um, I had – so – I work for the organization full-time. Mm. Um, in Buddhist terms, I am called a renunciant disciple. Um, I have let go of my lay life and devoted my life to sharing these teachings. So, you know, that moment in time when I was deliberating, do I join the fold or not? I did think about, okay, there is a possibility that Master Okawa was not, you know, as... He says he is. Mm -hmm. And I thought about uh, what I would feel after discovering the truth after I die. And then I thought, I'm going to regret it more um, if I discover I'm going to regret it more than going to hell because I had spread falsehoods. I'm going to regret it more um, discovering that this was actually the truth yeah. and I had turned away from it. We're out of time. Aww. We actually went longer. I canceled a whole segment after. Really? Yeah, this is interesting. It's interesting. It's good to chat with you as well. I love, love talking to people for, who believe other things. So thank, thank you. you. It was thank such a you. pleasure to it, meet you. It is such a um, wonderful opportunity to be able to share like this. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. You're very welcome. Very welcome. The website uh, is pretty simple. It's happy-science.org. Happy-science.org. Can I mention that yes. we actually have a seminar happening in downtown Toronto, um, it's called. It's at the Medical Sciences Building on One King's College Circle. It is called Success in the Age of Spirituality. Okay. Um, I understand that a lot of guests on today's radio show were talking about success in different yeah. ways. Uh -huh. So um, hopefully this is a topic that your listeners are interested in and will join us. It's a $10 donation. Um, again, One King's College Circle, Medical Sciences Building, from 2 to 4 p.m., Sunday, May 28th. Success in the Age of Spirituality. Very well said. Very well said. Thank you. Okay, uh, we are out of here. That is the end of the show. Thank you for tuning in. If you missed any of today's show, you can go to our website at the end of the week, drewmarshall.ca, and we'll have it loaded for your listening pleasure. Don't forget to go to DrewTube on the Drew Marshall Show website to watch last week's interview with guitar aficionado Tommy Emmanuel. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it, folks. Keep searching. <laughs>